0: All right, let's go. (sighs) Welcome back to the next iteration podcast. Today's episode is on boredom. Now, boredom is quite a controversial topic. Most people hate being bored and seek to fill their lives with stimulation in one form or the other, whether it's social media, you know, partying, meeting new people, whatever it is, right? But In reality, boredom can have a lot of positive effects on the brain, including motivating a search for novelty, increasing creativity, improving our mental health, and just generally making us more self-controlled people. So today, Damien and I are going to talk about our experiences with boredom, um, some of the science behind making space for boredom, and some of the negatives of constant stimulation. So without further ado, let's get started. You are now listening to The Next Iteration Podcast with your hosts Fuad and Damien. If you like the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode.
1: All right, welcome back, good people. Um, I want to preface this by saying I'm sorry if my voice just kind of is just out of whack today. I'm still recovering from COVID. So if you hear a little bit of phlegm, as gross as it is, forgive me. (laughs) I can't do anything about it. I got a hauls going right now though to make sure that Asando is as clear and sweet as possible. Um, I also wanted to start the episode off with a bit of an ode to boredom in some ways. Um, But this is inspired by some of the conversations that I've been having recently with some other young people. Now, for many of us out there that are young, early in their careers, the road can seem long, it can seem long and nebulous and at times incredibly grueling. And hell, that's even the case for people that are older, right? And more advanced in their careers. And I know in this podcast, it can feel like we're portraying this image of constantly having to be in go mode constantly having to be on the grind almost as if a moment spent not improving yourself is wasted but you know that's just not the case you know we're human and life keeps our ass sometimes i've been uh having these conversations and you know this idea keeps popping up and people are you know just sheepish they're incredibly sheepish when Saying, like, you know, I haven't really been doing much recently. I've just been surviving. And man, sometimes just surviving is a whole ass battle in and of itself. Oh, yeah. I think it's just important to give yourself the space to just not do anything sometimes and be okay with it. There's oftentimes a lot of guilt associated, and we end up kicking ourselves for doing that. So we're not even able to enjoy spending that time doing nothing. But again, life is a marathon not a sprint it's this conventional piece of wisdom we constantly hear but it is so true in so many ways so you know for this is for everybody out there that are just taking every day one day at a time that's all you can do sometimes and i hope that you can take some time today to you know show yourself some love um fwad and i have also recently been struggling um, in a lot of different ways you know, both have contracted some form of illness. Um, FODs is undisclosed unless you want to share. <laughs> about uh, and then, you know, I got COVID as well. And, you know, it's, it's so weird, but I was actually low-key kind of grateful to have gotten COVID because, you know, you just, you're on your ass, just sick, you can't do anything. So you're just forced to rest. And I was like, damn, nobody can blame you for doing this right now. So if, mm-hmm. it took having to get COVID for me to really realize that. Um, so again, take it one day at a time, show yourself some love. And all we can do is just keep putting one foot in front of the other.
0: That was beautiful. That's a great way to start off the episode. Um, I think rest is really important. And there's a lot of ways that boredom relates to rest too. Um, it's sometimes non-intuitive where, you know, you think being bored is like the ultimate antithesis of, Growth, how can you grow when you're bored? But really, boredom is at its core discomfort, and discomfort is what helps us grow, right? So I think there are a lot of parallels we can draw. Um, but glad you're getting some rest. Yes, my illness is yet undisclosed, but don't worry, it's not like a std or some shit. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you have been it mad the way you put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said a mad sauce the way you put it. So I just have to clarify that on air real quick, but I'm doing good, I'm doing better, and you know, hopefully we can continue to deliver good content for you guys and as in true next iteration podcast form, I have a quote for you guys today. And this quote is from uh, this book called the new executive brain frontal lobes in a complex world um, from the Oxford university press. And uh, the quote is that the great globe trotting Christopher Columbus would have never embarked on his great voyage. Had he not been temperamentally dysphoric and had, prozac been available in those days uh and you know not a big christopher columbus fan but i think it was an interesting quote and we'll touch on all those points but the quote's getting at the idea that yo know, you wouldn't have suck out no- novelty or sought out novelty if you weren't constantly bored right if you didn't have some element of boredom you wouldn't go out there and seek something new and so i think that's a great way of starting conversation off because a lot of people approach the conversation with boredom with a lot of resistance why be bored in a world that offers you constant stimulation but i think boredom gives you space to rest boredom gives you space to be creative and gives you a lot of space to like actually seek out something new uh when you're waking up in the morning and immediately going on social media immediately being barraged by emails etc etc you actually don't have the space to think of anything further than the next thing you need to scroll to right And in a way, social media is almost sapping that search for novelty because we're constantly satisfied by novelty. We don't have the desire to go move to a new city, meet someone new, maybe put ourselves out there in our career a little bit more, try a new hobby, because we have micro stimulation throughout the entire day. And so there isn't that buildup of, yo, I'm frustrated, I need to go out and do some shit, right? And I think that's really, really important because I think I've been suffering from that a lot as well. When you're caught up in the minutiae of, day to day tasks, you know, the next PR to put out, the next email from your boss, et cetera, et cetera. You stop you know focusing on the long, longer term, bigger picture. And I think boredom allows you to give yourself mental space where you can grapple with that. Um, and you have like that intelligent, curious and you know adventurous person that is you shine through a little bit more.
1: that That's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> there, there's that COVID clearing of the throat. <laughs> uh, you know, there's perspectives on every side of this issue. And it's almost like the more I see both perspectives, the more they seemed aligned um, in some odd way. Um, like, for example, there's a quote by Vincent van Gogh. I would rather die of passion than of boredom. So, in that way, it's kind of like he's saying, you know, boredom is antithet- antithetical to what I really want to be doing. Um, I'd rather mm-hmm. be doing everything that I'm passionate about. But then, when looking at it from that perspective, I think it also ties back to this idea that there are no uninteresting things, just uninterested people. So, in that way, you know, you could find yourself being bored, but it should, could just be that you're not really interested in anything that's happening around you. So, conversely, if you were hypothetically the most curious person in the world, you could probably find, you probably wouldn't be bored because you would constantly be inundated by questions and lost in this theater of thought, thinking about just these random things around you, right? If we look at um, Da Vinci, he constantly was thinking about all these little tiny details in life around him that most of us would have never thought to pause and question. So in that way, boredom seems to be more so a vehicle of or a function of the level of um, interest that we have in something so if you're naturally curious likely you'll find many ways to dispel the boredom the problem though is that most of us instead of pursuing curiosity um, to quell boredom it's we're pursuing high stimulus activities Uh, and oftentimes it's you know like wasting time on social media watching shows on Netflix, gaming, whatever your vice may be. And again, just to, you know, briefly touch on like that little ode that we started the episode with, you know, it's okay to do that sometimes. Like it's, it's completely okay. And again, like we keep saying it in a way where, you know, you should never be doing these things, but take the time if you want, just be conscious of how you're spending that time. Um, so you, I believe you had uh, some more research uh, that you wanted to share. Yes, sir, I did.
0: Um, I think there's a wealth of research out there on the topic of boredom. It it, it sort of makes sense, right? Like what's the basic human state? And I think the the most interesting is around sort of creativity. If you think about yourself as a kid and the way that you would question fundamental assumptions, I feel like most of those assumptions were questioned during periods of boredom. And in fact, as I've gotten older and older, I've noticed that not only have I become somewhat less creative, but I think that A lot of it is to do with the fact that I've had less opportunities to be bored. I don't know if you remember as a kid, anytime you were bored, you would doodle on your textbook, you would daydream about, you know, insane shit like all the time. Uh, I remember as a kid on road trips, I would look out the window and imagine this like Spider-Man like guy just running along the cars and shit like that. (laughs) And there's so much of that creativity loss. And I think a lot of it has to do with that loss of boredom, right? There's just less empty moments in our life where we get to just say, yo what if I could fry a worm and eat it? You know what I mean? And I think there is a place for directed creativity like that. And even undirected thought like that, just allowing you to like explore the full range of things. Um, And, you know, in addition to that, it's a time of inward thought and reflection. Um, And there's actually a lot of studies that show that boredom enables creativity and problem solving by allowing the mind to wander and daydream. And so there's a, a study in 2018 where people are made to do boring tasks, for example, reading reports, attending tedious meetings, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, they were compared to a group that hadn't been doing that, had just been like allowed to use their phones, uh, you know, do whatever tasks were important to them that day. And then they were allowed to wander, like sit with their thoughts and wander and just draw on a piece of paper. And the boring tasks were proven to show that they would lead to way more creative ways of thinking than... Um, mm-hmm. you know, just people who are constantly stimulated. So I think there's a wealth of research out there that shows that boredom can inc- increase creativity. And that's something I've been I've been super, super lacking in my life, I think right now. I think with the constant stimulation I've had, both from work and from just like social life, I've had less opportunities to sit down and just like let my thoughts wander. And so one thing I've been doing right now, and this ties into a lot of the thoughts we've had with journaling, mindfulness, and just like sitting with your thoughts and allowing space for ideas. Um, has been every day when I wake up I just like have a blank page of paper a page of paper and I just like do whatever the fuck I want for it I have no structure to it uh some days I decide to write something I'm grateful for some days I write a to-do list of things I have to do because I'm super stressed that's what it's been the past couple of days um but some days I just you know draw something draw like the cheesecake for dinner last night or like uh, you know just like something that happened in my life recently or something that, you know, used to catch my eye, um, you know, a sketch that I used to make when I was a kid. And I think that's been like super, super useful. And just like expanding my mind beyond the realm of everyday life, because I think it's really hard to do that when you're caught up in, um, what's next and and what's important to me and how can I pare down and be essential. And those are all really, really important things, but a lot of the beauty in life just comes from, Dude, this is just some random shit I want to fucking do. And that's what I'm going to do today. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as adults, we don't let enough of that into our lives. So yeah, so some research back ways that boredom can increase creativity.
1: I mean, like, look at shower thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's this mimetic thing in our culture because it's such a ubiquitous phenomenon. And it's oftentimes like not until we're forced to just not do anything, just stand under the water where we finally get to really understand that idea. And then, I mean, if you look at the shower thoughts subreddit, like there's some ridiculous things that people are thinking on there and it's so fascinating to see. And oftentimes it's just really funny too. Um, So in that way, you know, I think we all have a lot of incredible latent potential within ourselves, like within our own minds trapped away. It's just there to be discovered. So in that way, you know, if you want to understand your mind, you need to sit down and observe it. There's no other way. So if you're constantly distracting yourself with these other things, then you're not really giving yourself a chance to um, to be able to do that, which sucks, right? And yeah. in this way, I don't know, I don't know why, but it reminds me of like the, the Aristotle quote: "Patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet." Like oftentimes, because we're so accustomed to that um, hyperstimul stim- stimulized hyper hyperstimulated world um, that we live in, it feels It can feel really painful to just be bored for a little bit. But if you can grit your teeth through that boredom, try and settle yourself into that space, man, there's some beautiful things to be discovered there and Mm -hmm. some beautiful ideas too. Like we're all thinking of some crazy shit in the background that we don't really think about, but all of our experiences, everything that we read, um, everything that we observe, you know, they're all kind of intermingling at the back of our minds and oh man what was that <sighs> shoot we did like an episode there was like on like focused work but then you take a break and then like that break is when like a do- technique sorry the pomodoro technique no no it's not the pomodoro it was and i mean, had something to do with again like you you know you're focused on work you you encounter a problem and then all you do is take a break like go for a walk or something mm-hmm. and then because your ba- brain is still churning deep the pom- and diffused work and diffuse work diffuse work that's the term yeah you know, there's that diffuse work happening in, our, in the back of our minds. So what happens if we just pay attention to what's happening there? Mm-hmm.
0: Who knows? Yeah. It can unlock a lot of powerful things. I think it's super, super interesting. And I think at its core, like boredom is a, a matter of self-control, right? Like if you're bored of eating the same thing every day and you want to go eat something exciting every meal, dude, you're going to get fat, right? Like there, there are like real consequences to avoiding boredom. Or like if you're always bored at a party and you try the next drug and the next drug and the next drug, eventually you OD, right? Like there are consequences to boredom that we don't really realize. And we've just been so conditioned to think that boredom is bad when in reality, boredom gives us a benchmark for, you know, seeking out the next thing too, right? Because we're bored, we have the ability to disengage, think about things, you know, really take stock of something and then continue on, um, and I think Shower Thoughts is just the perfect example. I'm like a huge fan of the Shower Thoughts subreddit. I like browse it daily pretty much. Um, and yeah, I mean, yo, let's just take a break and read some of the Shower Thoughts from the, this past week because I think it'd be funny for yeah, No, to no that. it'd actually be jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't seen the r ShowerThoughts subreddit, I highly recommend it. As Damien said, it's like pretty much a cultural force in and of itself. Uh, but let's look at the top Shower Thoughts of the last month. And in true topical fashion, the first one is the clip of Will Smith already has more views than the film he won an Oscar for ever will. Very true. Uh, Unfucking your life in your 30s feels like debugging horrible legacy code. I don't know. I'm not 30 yet, but I guess we'll get there. <laughs> uh, it's considered less taboo to constantly pump yourself full of a liquid stimulant drug to keep yourself awake throughout the day rather than laying down for a quick midday nap. Very true.
1: Oh, I have a good one for I'm the podcast, actually. Yeah, go Being ahead. Being able to tolerate the sound of your own voice in a video is probably the highest form of self-acceptance. Sheesh, I'm hella
0: self-accepted because it's right? too many videos. <laughs> uh, and we'll go for a couple more. A fat pet is a sign of neglect. A fat animal in the wild is a sign of success.
1: Yes, yes, sir. If elevators hadn't been invented... All the CEOs and important people would have their offices on the first floor as a sign of status.
0: Very true. No one's climbing up all those steps and getting sweaty.
1: Exactly. And then the last one,
0: uh, oral sex must have been the nastiest shit on earth in the middle ages. (laughs) (laughs) Living with that (laughs) mental image. Uh, As you can see, boredom leads to some very interesting shout-out thoughts. Um, So yeah, be bored. That's that's the message. Definitely be bored. And then on the note of just like creativity and mindfulness, I think a huge part is that a lot of people don't realize that boredom can actually improve your mental health. Uh, In this age of information, our brains are constantly overloaded with information distractions, and that wealth of information leads to a scarcity of attention um and attention uses one's limited cognitive resources for productive activities so taking a break can be a valuable opportunity to help our overloaded brains relax and alleviate stress Uh, and that process of alleviating stress is actually super super helpful to our mental health so just like the concept of taking a break unwinding relaxing a little bit can also do a lot for mental health and it's okay if that relaxing is interspaced with moments of boredom you shouldn't treat that like it's the end of the world you should sit with it sit with that discomfort a little bit and i guess in a way what that's doing is dude everything is better than that you know what i mean so if you've kind of been feeling like your day's been monotonous monotonous and like sort of the same shit in and in and out every day having that little break can really give you a new perspective on how exciting your life is it lets you kind of enjoy the everyday things a bit more and there's a lot of like interesting ways that some of the things we talked about on these episodes has related to that. So for example, the Vipassana meditation retreat that Hisham was talking about, that Jack Dorsey has done, that a lot of other famous people have done. um, Not that I'm including Hisham in the same class of people as Jack Dorsey. (laughs) um, The Vipassana meditation retreat is simply an exercise in boredom, right? You wake up at five or 6 a.m. You meditate all day. You're not allowed to talk to anyone. You're not allowed to read a book. You're not allowed to fall asleep, except that you're a lot of times Um, and you have pretty much no social interaction and you're eating super, super blind food. And what that allows you to do is just become incredibly bored and look inwards into yourself and really come to a place of understanding with yourself. Right. And that process is essentially the most uncomfortable process of all, which is sitting with your own boredom. Mm -hmm. And what happens afterwards is that you come out of these retreats, um, you come out of this like meditative state. And you're much, much more able to enjoy the, the little things in life, right? The beauty of a bird singing, that first sip of coffee, whatever it is that gets you going in the morning, right? Those little things are just so much more beautiful to you and you're able to understand them and really, really enjoy them. So I think in the same way that a lot of people do like a mental health reset, social media cleanse, et cetera, et cetera, those are exercises and boredom that allow you to just look at everything with a new perspective.
1: Man, I love the sound of birds in the morning. Like, especially if it's like an early morning, everything's still kind of still. Uh, The sun, you see like the colors of the sunrise, like on the horizon, and then just the birds chirping. It's such a peaceful, picturesque scene. Uh, We're talking about studies, and it makes me think of the the one study where they would have, uh, first of all, they would let a uh, subject, you know, This is a big red button from the subject, right? They would let him press it. They would press it and it would deliver a shock and it hurts, right? It's not this non-trivial little jolt. It actually hurts. So that's there. And they would tell the subject, okay, like we're going to let you sit here for half an hour. Um, You don't have anything to do here. You know, the button's there if you want to press it. I don't know why you want to press it, but you know, if you want to, it's there. And they would leave them alone in the room for half an hour and they just observe them. And believe it or not, I'm pretty sure everybody, maybe like one or two people didn't, but other than them, everybody went out of their way to feel the pain of that buzzer because they would rather feel pain than the pain of boredom, which is just it's crazy. Like, how are we so averse to that sense of boredom that we can't even just you know sit still for half an hour? Like kids could probably manage, like we like you mentioned before, right? Like just uh, their entire their world is so small, but so large at the same time. Their imagine, imagination paints incredible vistas that we've ever, that we've lost. Um, and then I think it also makes me think that uh, it, it reminds me of the Buddhist idea that of detachment. And I want to draw this parallel, and it may become apparent in a, in a second. But the idea that detachment is not that you own nothing; it's that nothing owns you. So. We are completely captivated by the hyper-stimulated world we live in because we're so hyper-vigilant that we look to social media or whatever as an escape. And in that way, you're constantly going back to it. It owns your attention, right? And tying back to the biology quote, if, if uh, code is how we script machines, media is how we script human beings. So... At that point, if you're not even sitting alone with your own thoughts, how many of those are actually yours versus how many of those are the thoughts that you've been indoctrinated with via all the social media or the outlets that you're consuming? Um, And there's been research to show that information is, I think, just as addicting as cocaine for many people. So we live in an information age. We can get a hit wherever you are.
0: It's way easier to quit social media or cocaine than it is to quit social media. You Honestly, didn't hear that for me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: These days, it might be it's everywhere, right? Because like, yeah. okay, cocaine is one thing, right? It's there in like party settings, whatever. But social media follows you everywhere you go. If you don't engage with it, then you tend to fall behind the times, right? There's all these memes that are popping up. New jokes just dropped. Um, Chris Rock got boxed at the Oscars. Like, you miss these moments. You wouldn't really hear about it if you weren't on social media almost
0: like cultural forces in that sense yeah exactly um and yeah just like hitting on that point again i think you know the pace of innovation over the past century two centuries has definitely increased objectively humans are you know innovating more and more um on themselves on themselves on society on different ideas on medicine whatever it is right but i think one thing to know is that well, a lot of what we're doing is just built on, you know, the success of previous people. And we've talked a lot about reasoning from first principles. And I think boredom is such an intrinsic motivator of that. Where like, dude, like think about, I don't know, think about coffee, bro. Some guy like found some beans, roasted them, boiled water in them, waited for it to cool down, realized it was bitter and then kept drinking it. Dude, like that's some whack shit. Right. And I think like, Ultimately, leaps like that were only possible because of the extreme boredom that people faced back then, right? It's like, you're just so bored. You did your hunting and gathering for the day and you're just fucking sitting down. Like, what are you going to do, right? And part of it is like, I think that happiness is also higher than because you had more tentative about to your social experiences. And if you're sitting there bored, a really good thing to do is call your mom, call a friend, you know, spend some time with some friends, something like that. Um, and I think that'll do a lot for your mental health too. But part of it is that, that extreme boredom gives you space to go do some whack shit, to do something that relieves that boredom that isn't just going on your phone and finding the new meme and getting that micro hit. But maybe it's like exploring that new part of town, climbing something, you know, whatever it is, just being a bit more adventurous, I think is is super, super important. Um, and on that note of like social media, dude, a great way to kind of like scratch that itch or eliminate that itch is turn your phone to black and white. A friend of mine did this oh, recently. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea like <laughs> how much it would affect me, but I, I tried it recently and it's dude, like, you,
1: you don't, don't want to be on your it. phone.
0: Yeah. you It's just like, it's a dull version of the real world. Like you look at the room and there's so many beautiful colors. And then you look at your phone and it's just fucking black and white. So if you're looking to kick the social media habit, I think that's a great way of doing it.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a tip. forcing function. It's, I don't know. It's so, I don't know what they like, literally the lack of colors. You wouldn't think it's so appalling, but it is um but on your previous point though i would challenge that a bit um because i think you touched on a great point the point being that boredom is a relatively recent invention like in a lot of ways boredom is a new invention right because if you think about like what is the ratio of time a primitive human being spent thinking about survival versus meaning compared to a modern day citizen of like this global world that we live in back then it was more so a fun like doing all that stuff. Um, I believe was more so a function of this search for novelty and novelty, this this craving for novelty does have intrinsic um Darwinian benefits, right? Because the more you understand about the world that you live in, the more you're able to manipulate it to your benefit. So, in that way, you know, just it was a natural way to be able to do more as a primitive being. So, and then again, like coffee wasn't like hunter-gatherer time obviously those was well after but but just you know for sake of argument like let's just say it was everything that we know has more so been out of I wonder what happens if I put this and this together I wonder what like what happens if I take this bread that was already baked and you know bake it some more and now we got toast mm-hmm. right like it's all out of these ideas that pop into your head out of curiosity right so rather mm-hmm. than the, the point I want to make here I think is rather than an aversion to boredom I think it's more so a quest out of curiosity that these things tend to to mm-hmm. arise from which is why we're trying to say here I think become comfortable enough with boredom that you can nurture that sense of curiosity mm-hmm. would you agree with that yeah
0: I think that's exactly what we are trying to say here like it's not that people hated being bored and that was the only reason that they did all these things, but it's that, that space of boredom allowed them to consider possibilities that were beyond the everyday. Right. And I think there's, there's a lot of controversy in terms of history where it's like, yo, know, like did hunter gatherers have more free time than we have now? Uh, have you, if you've read Sapiens, you've all Harari, you know, Harari makes a really good argument for like the fact that actually hunter gatherers had way more free time than we do currently with like an eight hour work work day or whatever it is. Right. Um, but I think it's beyond like all those questions of you know who had more free time, who had a better quality of life. I think fundamentally there is an easier way to scratch that boredom itch nowadays than there ever has been before, mm-hmm. right? In the old days, you couldn't just like walk down the street and see some neck shit right in front of your face, right? But mm-hmm. on the internet, dude, you could watch any kind of video you want within three seconds, right? There's a subreddit for everything, right? So mm-hmm. um I think that part of it is true, and then I think this random thought, it's not necessarily related to the episode, but dude, I wonder if there's a function for human innovation. If there's a way you could measure it, because I see two opposing forces. I see like the, the reduction in sort of like me time as his society has progressed to be more efficient, to be more, um, you know, workaholic, especially in North American culture, like filling your time with more productive activities and leaving less state for boredom versus just like the sheer innovation that we've accrued today and the amount of like extra creativity that stands for that. Because like you were saying, like toast, what happens if you put this in between toast? Well, a prerequisite for that question is the creation of toast, right? So I think the more things we've created, the more of a range we have for things that we can be creative on and the more combinations we can draw leading to an increase in innovation, right? Which is like why people always say, oh, you stand on the shoulder of giants, right? If there's been an innovation in food, agriculture whatever and then also an innovation in the culinary space and then also an innovation in you know a website that shows you a recipe you have more avenues for that creative you know innovation to take place but at the same time because you're more bored now you're also more or because you have more access to alleviate that boredom are you more likely to do that i don't know i I wonder if there's like an equilibrium point for human society where we actually end up becoming less innovative as time goes on because we've just like sunk into the metaverse and don't do jack shit except whatever is most enjoyable in the metaverse you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but yeah just like a a, a small aside i don't know if you You know
1: like you know it's an interesting thought because at some level i think we do need constraints in life um like just the the forcing function to go to work or whatever it is because if there were no constraints in life i feel like most people just wouldn't do anything you know like if there was no compulsion to go to work to to read a book like you would especially considering the ease of access to like the stimulating devices that we have um today it would be way easier to feed that boredom or i would say rather than feed it run away from boredom by engaging with those things than to you know retrain yourself to be able to sit with that boredom and then like genuinely pursue these things so for sure literally if there was no economic incentive Um, or if there were no incentive structures in place for us to, um, actually sit with that boredom and like be rewarded for it, then, you know, I don't think that would really, I don't think it would flourish in the way that we think it would. Have you watched WALL-E? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Dude.
0: Okay. So, you know, that couple in WALL-E where it's like the, the fat white dude and the fat white woman. Honestly, I don't know how to describe everyone who's found that spaceship, but it's the <laughs> couple on the spaceship that ends up helping the robots. Right. Yeah. And it's predicated by the fact that at some point Wally like needs to get somewhere. So he like disconnects one from the machine. So like backstory, if you haven't watched Wally, um, there's a couple of robots, they end up on a spaceship. You have to watch it. My favorite fucking Disney movie or debatable. There's a lot of good Disney movies, but it's up there for sure. Disney Pixar movie. And, um, at some point, these robots end up on a spaceship and it's like a society of human beings that's plugged up to machines, living in the metaverse, constantly like messaging each other, just like watching videos. They have an endless supply of liquid diet. Uh, they just sit on this hover chair all day, so they never have to walk anywhere and they're constantly stimulated, right? So they don't do anything. For literally like 700, 800 years, society is completely languished, made no progress, progression whatsoever, no innovations, etc., etc. right? And then Along comes Wally and, and his robot friends. And at one point, one of the guys is disconnected from um, one of the guys or girls. I forget who gets disconnected first. Let's not get into that debate. But um, <laughs> yeah. somebody gets disconnected first and they're just like, yo, what the fuck? Like I can walk like there's so much shit to do. Like the world is completely different. And I think a lot of it is driven from that boredom. Like he's not constantly simulated anymore. They have the ability to like disconnect and like take stock of what's around them. And what ends up happening is that another person gets disconnected, and they become a couple and they pretty much save the day like three or four times in the movie because of the simple fact that they're not connected to the machine anymore. They, ha- they don't have that constant simulation. And I think a lot of it is that they start having some curiosity about what the fuck's going around them because they realize that they have a time to think about that now. Mm-hmm. They're not just looking for the next message, the next video to watch, et cetera, et cetera um yeah i didn't think wally would work its way into this conversation but i think it's a perfect parallel for what we were talking
1: about well, wally is one of the most philosophical masterpieces the greatest philosophical masterpieces of the the past century um <clears throat> have you another parallel is have you seen um, idiocracy or heard of it no i haven't so idiocracy um it it kind of is what it sounds like essentially it's this this future i would say dystopian scenario where Mm -hmm. everyone is just so dumb in the future right it's a consequence of technological advancement um, where everything that we needed was already catered to us via technology so all we did was just lounge all day so as uh, as a consequence of that critical critical thought and intelligence almost evolved out of the species at that point right the president of the united states was literally the wwe champion so you can kind of see like what that We're not that far from that, eh? <laughs> yeah. What that political sphere looks like, but if you think about it in that way, right, it seems plausible. If we really go down this rabbit hole of if we spend all day doing the easy things, watching or binging social media, um, gorging on memes, gaming, or watching shows, whatever, we become so accustomed to that easy dopamine that you know reading long form content consuming lectures those become incredibly energy and cognitive bandwidth consuming and it gets to a point where that is so much harder than just doing you know just doing the easy thing so in that way you know we could be uh what's the word like We're literally like shooting ourselves in the foot. Let's just put it that way. If we're to do that, progressing, yeah, we're progressing as a society. Yeah, and and it's it's boogeymaning it a bit. Obviously, there's a lot more nuance um, to to what that looks like, and if that even plays out as a potential scenario, but it's interesting to think about and to keep in the back of mind. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, do you think we'll ever get to the point where we have evolved to a state like that, like where we live in the metaverse and like all our needs are taken care of, and we just lose the capacity for for thought and for reading long-form content and things like that um i'm sure everyone's gotten the ass for blinkist and like yeah. similar apps where it's like yo become a ceo read like seven million books a day <laughs> and do it in 10 seconds it's a sentence each like i don't know i'm i'm a huge anti short-form content like that and like maybe some of the content i write is a little bit more like bullet form and things like that which i'm also trying to fix but I think there's so much nuance you miss when you take away the connecting pieces like that and distill everything into bullet points and like the CEO's five talking points. Like it's so toxic for like curating a holistic sense of what the world is like, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. do you think we'll ever get to that point? Do you think we're getting to that point? What, what do you think?
1: You know, I am an optimistic person. Um, I don't think we'll actually get to that point. Um, there will probably be pieces of our, of various communities that will get to that point Um, because again like you're on you're in your own filter bubble you're you're the average of the five people you surround yourself around like if everybody around you is doing that you have two options either you know conform to the or regress to the mean or get out of that environment Um, some people just don't have the means to do that unfortunately Um, but that being said you know I still think there's a place for long-form content like people are still consuming it and like when it comes to Blinkist, I'm actually of two minds on it. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Like, if you limit your information diet strictly to uh, piecemeal information in that way, then it's kind of like half baked thoughts. If you're not doing your own thinking on the matter, like it's a good prompting function, right? Like you're introduced to the mm-hmm. ideas, and um, you can take that and run with it, right? And form your ideas or own ideas through it. Especially mm-hmm. when you think about like a, we have a finite life. And finite amount of time, and so a finite amount of books to read. Mm-hmm. A lot of books, you know, they spend a lot of pages just dwelling on the same idea. So in that way, you know, I think Blinkist is good um, for shortlisting the things that you really want to dive deeper into. Um, I know I personally don't use Blinkist unless they're willing to sponsor us. Um, you know if you're willing to sponsor us, I take back everything I said.
0: <laughs> you are the greatest app in history. By the way, use my referral code for Ali. Uh 10%
1: off. <laughs> no, if you want to email Blinkist for us, um, I'm using it today, just know. Um, but um yeah, so I, I think it's a good way to be able to increase that signal to noise ratio, right? Um, I don't want to waste my time um going through an entire book that just dis- discusses one idea. And I, I know like it's almost like a controversial thing to start a book and not finish it, but again, like your time is limited. Um sure. if Blinkist Compels you to, to, you know, actually consume this content, then, you know, that's completely fine versus like the, the other, which would be not doing that at all. So to answer your question in short, I don't think we're truly going to get to that point. Like, I still think that like, mean look at, look at, look at it this way. There are academics and intellectuals that are like going on tour and selling out stadiums. And people are going there just to hear them talk about stuff. That's crazy to me, right? It's not just concerts where artists are sharing their music. It's literally just a theater for ideas. And mm-hmm. people are still consuming that. So I think that alone is a good signal um, that we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, the whole TED Talk circuit.
0: And you can get into the whole debate about like thought leadership and like what it means for the state of thought, et cetera, et cetera. But I think ultimately, nobody can disagree that a room full of people think about interesting ideas is a bad thing. Right. um yeah no i agree i think it's it's hard it's hard to evaluate things like this i think there is a role for short-form content there is a role for prioritization essentializing your life you know cutting out the noise making sure you get to what's important but then there's also a beauty in things that are just superfluous as shit, like poetry <laughs> like if you think of poetry as a human function Dude, it makes no sense. It's completely useless to human endeavor, right? What is poetry going to do for you? Is it going to put food on your table? Is it going to get you more money and maybe for a good poet? I don't know. But consuming poetry, is that going to do anything for you? But I think, you know, as anyone who knows anything about literature will find is that there is a beauty to those small, seemingly insignificant and superfluous things in life that just allow you to see things in a more romantic way and i think that's really really important and i do consider myself a hopeless romantic so you know (laughs) i will always espouse anything that involves looking at things in in a way that tries to draw it like the true beauty in them yeah Yeah.
1: and I, i wanted to that actually reminds me of one quote um i heard it in a podcast and i hate that i can't remember where i heard it from um but i just jotted some notes on what i uh when i heard it but he was making the case that Art as a social function is to increase human happiness, and it does this by, at the individual level, awakening you to the possibilities of your own potential. It takes that potential and it refines it and enhances it, and each art does it in different ways. Music appeals to the auditory, painting to the visual, sculptures are visual and tactile, you know, in the old days people would actually feel sculptures, and poetry appeals to our language and emotional functions. This is at the individual level. At the societal level, you have people better aware of how they feel, and that they can see, and they can see that in others. Art, in this way, is empathy. So again, like okay, I know we've come a bit of a ways from boredom, but you know it all ties into it, right? If you weren't bored, you wouldn't create art. If you didn't create art, society would be less empathetic for it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that sucks. Yeah, we've,
0: it that absolutely blows, bro absolutely we (laughs) talked about this idea before like art as empathy but also just like a function of understanding is empathy like everything at the end of the day either results in an increase in empathy or it doesn't like reading a new study on this thing increases your ability to empathize with people who suffer from this condition like understanding like a new market increases your ability to empathize with the struggles people are facing like if it's like an unbanked population whatever it is right empathy is so critical to not only being motivated to do things both for yourself and for others, but also just understanding who you are in the world and, and understanding that you're not alone there. There are, there are people out there struggling with the same shit you are getting just as bored as you are also turning their phones to black and white. Cause they just can't get off of Instagram. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, you're not struggling alone. And empathy is a great way to kind of remember that and understand that. And I think boredom is a great way of cultivating
1: that. So uh, is, I think that's an excellent way to tie everything together.
0: Yes, sir. I think we did a good job tying some really, really loose threads into <laughs> each other. <laughs> it was a bit of a stretch at some points, but it worked out. And your homework for today, you next iteration podcast listeners is to watch wally e If you yeah. do one thing today, watch wally and then shut it off and just be bored for like 10 seconds.
1: Yeah. And wall is also one of the greatest love stories um, in the, the, oh, yeah. the recent few decades um and i will challenge you if you disagree otherwise um I'll, if you dis- disagree you're just wrong here i'm sorry <laughs> um but yeah I, I i think we did a lot of talking on boredom hopefully we covered some ground that was new to you guys that you may not have heard of before um again feel free to hit us up and like challenge us on any of the assumptions or statements that we made here um we'd love to hear it again we 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 get we're better for it right Mm -hmm. um and if this episode bored
0: you that was the intention so you're.
1: oh i was gonna (laughs) i'm I'm so lame but i was actually (laughs) gonna say that at the start of the episode like if you get bored (laughs) episode then you can't click off because that it's it's a test exactly Uh, but yeah whatever we're lame but you guys love us for it all right (laughs) so so, until next time take care take a second to love yourself um take maybe two minutes today to be bored and go watch wally
0: See ya. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. Thank you for listening.